Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us today on this uh, chilly Sunday morning. Good to have a good crowd this morning. For our visitors, uh, we do have a Connect card in the pews. You're welcome to fill that out and give us some information if you'd like, just so we know who's coming and be glad to follow up if we need to. Also, if you're uh, wanting to give this morning, there's a giving box in the back of the uh, sanctuary. And there's a, uh, also an opportunity to uh, give online at cyberstreet.church slash give. Um, just as a heads up for this week, we have a Wednesday night service as well. And uh, Carvin Adams will be speaking and leading the Bible study uh, on Wednesday. Next Sunday, uh, Ray Owens will be leading the worship service for us. And if you're interested, on Monday the 31st, uh, we'll be uh, going back to Grace Place to help uh, fill in and uh, serve. And they're looking for uh, volunteers. And we're also collecting oatmeal pies. That's what they give out for desserts at the uh, Grace Place dinners. Uh, we're about halfway there on oatmeal pies. So if anybody has, wants to throw in another box full, that'd be great. For this morning, I've got a little reading that I wanted to share with you before we have the uh, introductory prayer. Uh, I love this book, uh, Hidden Manna. It's got some great nuggets. Uh, but if you're going through something deep, uh, it's, it's got a lot of good information for, for those who are struggling. He has one section that's uh, particularly good from the Psalms, and I was going to read a selection of those this morning just to get us started. The righteous... Whoa. <laughs> I'll back off. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers us, us from them all. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Be still and know that I am God. Why should I fear when evil days come? This God is our God forever and ever. We trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. In his name I will hope, for his name is good. I will cast my cares on the Lord, and he will sustain me. He will never let the righteous fall. As for me, I will trust in him. And finally, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you are with us, that you are here in this place. Pray that this morning we will feel your presence. We will listen to your still, small voice as you speak to our hearts. Pray that those who need to feel a special touch from you this morning will get that. If we would need to receive grace this morning, pray that we will feel that that grace is available to us. And Father, we pray that you will be with the speaker this morning, with Aaron, and with those that are leading Circle Lessons. Pray that you will use that time to speak your message and 
and uh, increase the the feeling that you're with us and that you are speaking to our hearts. Pray that you will be with us today and the rest of the week and uh, help us to not just hear the word, but make it available to others and share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're able this morning, why don't you stand with us as we begin our worship with all I have is Christ. together a relatively new song the revelation song worthy is the lamb who was slain
to go see Miss Hannah and see what surprise she has for me this morning. again and want to uh, welcome uh, Aaron Mitchell He's going to speak for us this morning uh, Aaron's well known to the church family here and I believe to most of the friends that came this morning we're glad to have you all with us today and uh, Aaron is in his sophomore year at Spurgeon College so uh, keep him in your prayers as he works through the uh, fun of college years and uh, the learning process.
I'm going to uh, go ahead and read his scripture lesson first. It's, the, uh, it's on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to follow along, but uh, I'm still going to read through it just, uh, just to catch everybody up. Aaron will be using selected verses, so this will be your chance to hear it all together. From John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything that was made was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, <clears throat> but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth now John bore witness about him and cried out this was he of whom I said he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me for from his fullness we've all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side he has made him known may God add his blessing to the reading of the word You'll see uh, on the front, there's a prayer list this morning. I'm not going to read through all the names, but uh, Annie Balsamo is still having a hard time. She did not get out of the hospital yesterday, if, if you saw the uh, flock note. And uh, we're glad to see several back this morning that are feeling better and are, are, are back with us. That's uh, good. We still have some who are in need of prayer in uh, need of uh, God's touch this morning and uh, include in that group our speaker this morning and those who uh, are feeling a little under the weather or chilly this morning. Uh, let's go ahead and, and pray. Father God, we thank you this morning um, for the promises uh, that you've made and kept and the many who uh, are yet to be uh, seen by us. We thank you that you've had a plan from the beginning and that your word has become flesh and has dwelt among us and remains with us even to this day. And we thank you that we can feel his presence and we can uh, invite him into, into our hearts and we can draw close to you through the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning that uh, those that have been on our prayer list or been in our prayers and our thoughts are feeling better today and are able to be back. We know there are others who 
are still under the weather or having trouble this morning, we pray that you will be with them. Um, as COVID still is a problem, we pray that you will uh, help to dampen its effects and slow down the spread and that you will help those who are ill or in the hospital uh, that their cases will be light and that they can return after they've uh, been away from us for a little bit father we pray that you'll be this morning with the, the speaker with aaron mitchell and we give him uh, your message uh, the words that uh, you would have him share with us today uh, help us to be receptive and, uh, and thoughtful as we listen. As you also speak to us in the circles afterwards and uh, give those teachers a chance to, uh, to share uh, what they've prepared for their classes. Father, we pray that you'll be with us this day and, and help us to uh, take in the message and uh, share it with others as we leave this place. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back here. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a couple months since y'all had me. I came back in September, and I was grateful to speak then, and I'm grateful to speak now. Um, Y'all have, have been just a huge encouragement in my life, this church specifically, uh, throughout the years. You know, I was basically birthed here and then uh, you know, just grew up, grew up in these hallways and just walking through it earlier was a good reminder of just like how faithful God's been throughout the years and just how supportive y'all have been even through separation and stuff like that. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And uh, thank you for having me here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get one thing out of the way. I don't know if I'm just nervous, but it is very hot in here. So I'm going to be, um, yeah, all right, already got an amen. So, uh, no, it's, it's a little warm up here. So, I mean, if y'all see, like, sweat dripping, I, I'm my bad. <laughs> but, uh, no, let's, uh, let's pray. Let's open with prayer, and then we're going to dive into the Word. So, uh, dear God, thank you so much for just letting us be able to gather here this morning, Lord, and, uh, and just, just be able to worship you and honor you. And, um, for, for many of us here, this is not our normal house of worship, but I just pray that, uh, that we're reminded that worship doesn't, our worship doesn't change based on our scenario or our situation in life, whether that's the building or whatever season of life we're going through. Uh, I also pray that for everyone here that our, our hearts are open to your word this morning, including mine. Um, although I may be the deliverer of this message, I need it just as well as everyone else does. Um, and I pray that you speak through me uh, for the sake of your glory and your glory alone. This morning, I just pray that uh, whatever time we may get out of here, whether that's in 20 minutes or 45 minutes, because it may take a minute, uh, I just pray that you are honored in everything that is said, and, uh, and that we just go out of this building sharing the gospel and glorifying you for the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you don't mind, turn to John chapter 1 with me, and that's where we'll be pretty much the whole entire service. Um, I know Mr. Mike just read over all 18 verses. I'm going to read section by section, so I'm going to go ahead and read the first. Uh, thank you, Mr. Laird. Um, but I'm going to read the first 15 or first five verses and uh, and break that down, and we'll just continue through that. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here we see very clearly and up front in the first five verses of John, really the first verse of John, that Jesus is God. And the reason that that is important to know is because a lot of people like to deny that these days. They say, oh, Jesus was just a prophet. Jesus was just a good guy. Jesus was just a good teacher. Even quote-unquote Christians today deny the Trinity. And I know being raised in this church and the church I go to now and just how Christians should believe, we all agree on the Trinity. And that's something that we must all agree on. I think, I, I would argue that's a first-tier issue, um, that the Trinity is important to our and crucial to our Christian belief. And so right here, very clearly in John 1, 
Jesus not only was with God in the beginning, but he was God. And so obviously we know there are different roles in the Trinity. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so they all have different, different roles, right? But they are all still one God, one being. And the reason I point that out is to, is to show you guys the importance and the authority that Christ has in Scripture. Because Christ is not just another dude. He's not just a, he's not just a prophet. He's not just someone that we like... We listen to for good advice because we have to realize that if Jesus is not God, as C.S. Lewis would say, Jesus was a lunatic because he, he can't just be a good teacher. He can't just be that. He was either he is either God who he said he was or he is insane because no good teacher claims to be the son of God and gets away with it. It's, it's, either, it's either Jesus is all or nothing, right? And so the reason that I'm pointing this out is because... We, we don't just bow at some human's feet on the cross. We don't, we don't come to the cross and we bow at some ordinary human. We bow at a king. We bow at the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth. Because all things were made through him and not anything that was made was made without him allowing it to be made or ordaining it to be made. And, the, and so, in that being said, all things point to Christ. In the Old Testament, everything is pointing ahead to Christ. In the New Testament, if it's not in the gospel, it's pointing back to Christ. In our lives, in daily, our day-to-day lives should point nothing but to Christ. Um, I know there's a lot of things in the world, obviously through sin and destruction and just through the fall of man, not everything glorifies God, but that doesn't change the fact that everything was made to glorify God. For example... Uh, I'll go to the extremes of using money or power or sex or uh, even food, for example. Um, all things that we enjoy on this, on this earth are made to glorify God. Now, do people take those things to extremes and use them to, to, to disobey God or dishonor God? Absolutely. But that doesn't change the fact that their purpose was to glorify God in the beginning. And so what's humans, how much more is a human than an object? How much more is, are we as humans to this pew? This pew is given a purpose for us to come here and sit and listen to the word, but humans are way more valuable than that. And you can see that all throughout scripture that we're more important than animals, we're more important than things. As important as those, those things may be, we are the most important creation from God. And so with that being said, we have a purpose. And our purpose is to glorify God in all that we do. And we do not take advantage of the things that he has given us. We do not take advantage of objects that he has blessed us with, but rather we go and we use those things for his glory and his glory alone. And as I continue, I just want to see, I just want to show you guys that here in uh, chapter or in verse, uh, let's see, hold on, I don't have the verses written down here, where it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Well, if in him is life, what is that supposed to mean? Because, you know, we're all here living. We all have life right now. Uh, if the, the least you're doing is surviving, you know, you may, not, you may have a boring life, but, I mean, you're still breathing. You're still, you're still here. So what, is this, what does life have to do with it? When Jesus or when John writes that in him is life, oh, well, I mean, I have life, so I'm good to go, right? Well, not necessarily, because in him was eternal life. And this life is way, way different than just being birthed from your mother and breathing. This life is, this has eternity on the line. Jesus breathes eternity. And if we do not seek Jesus or follow after Jesus, then our eternity is at stake. So in him was life, and this life was the light of men. So I'm going to touch on this later in the sermon, and I'm going to emphasize this the rest of the service. But... If, if we don't have Christ, we don't have life. And I know that's a cliche thing. I know that's a, that's a thing where we all can nod our head and be like, yeah, that's true. But let me, let me just remind you, like, the absence of life is death. And so what that means is when we're born, uh, any of you with kids or grandkids or great-grandkids, y'all know that those little heathens aren't angels when they're born. I mean, we can, we, even I know that, and I don't have any kids. I just have siblings, and I see, you know, little kids running around. Uh, if anything, they're way closer to demons than they are angels. But uh, so, so we can all we can all agree that 
We are born in sin. They come out of the womb screaming, mine, mine, mine. Like, I want this, I want this. If you, you know, even in the nursery, I'm sure Hannah's having to deal with kids right now that are just like fighting over a, a truck that they think is theirs. Like, it's all about us when we're born, right? And so my point in that is to say that none of us are born perfect. None of us are born wanting to do good. We, we have to be taught to be good. We don't have to be taught to be bad. And so when you were born dead in your sins, as Scripture says... It means you're born dead in your sins. It doesn't mean that you're born drowning. It doesn't mean that you're born uh, wanting something good, but you just can't find it. So you're just kind of, you're kind of sick. You're kind of ill. No, when scripture says you're dead, it means you're dead. And we can't change scripture to say, well, dead doesn't actually mean dead. Because then we go down the bunny's rabbit of saying, well, homosexuality doesn't actually mean homosexuality. You know, well, like, I can still sleep with my girlfriend before marriage because, like, I'm not having, or, you know, we're not doing it all the way, but, yeah, we're still, like, we're still toying around. But that's not actually a sin, you know. Like, this doesn't actually, gluttony is not actually bad. I can eat all I want at the buffet because, like, I mean, it's just food or, you know, and you go down the line of, like, it doesn't actually mean this. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but it actually does. And for us to ignore that means that we're denying Scripture and God's command for us to follow and obey Him. I'm not saying live a legalistic life of like sticking to 400 calories when you go to a buffet line or something. Like, I mean, eat all—I mean, eat all you want, but do it for the glory. Like, you gotta—you gotta balance that out with your convictions and also what what is honoring to God and what's healthy for you, uh, as well as like sin. You can't just be like, oh, I sin for the glory of God because that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And so my point is, if we, if we take scripture and we say that it doesn't actually mean something, we go to the extreme of just pushing everything away. And like, if, if the Bible doesn't fit my agenda, then it doesn't actually mean that because I want to do what I want to do. And so here it's important to see that only life can be brought to you through Jesus. And there's nothing else, nothing else that can revive you. Um, we'll see that a little later on in just a moment. Uh, let's continue with verse 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. So real quick, let me just explain. Oh, first, I'll start off with a story. Uh, earlier this week, I was working with a friend of mine, and we just began discussing like who our favorite characters in the Bible were. And uh, besides Jesus and Paul, because they're like the, the main guys, I guess. I don't know how you want to word it. But we were like, we cut them out of the equation because they're like the obvious. And, uh, and I was like, you know, in the New Testament, I would probably say John the Baptist. Um, not because he has many pages written about him necessarily, if that makes sense. Like, there's not many, like, parts in Scripture that are about John the Baptist specifically. But he has such a crucial role in the gospel. And um, honestly, John the Baptist is everything that a Christian should be. Number one, a Baptist. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> number, number, two, uh, no, number two, humble. And uh, actually, I hate to break it to you guys, but I think the Baptists are like outnumbering you guys over here. So y'all better watch out now. We're going to take over. Um, no, but uh, number two, humble. And for many of you in this room, you may think a Baptist and humble don't go together. But uh, living proof right there, Troy Lynch, my pepal, he's, he's like the living example of a humble Baptist, you know. One time he told me, he said, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect. But, uh, but no, he... Um, Anyway, seriously though, John the Baptist really is a great representation of what it means uh, to be a Christian. He, he's literally the first cousin of Jesus. He was leaping with joy uh, in the womb because of the birth, the birth that, or the fact that Christ was about to be born, right? And being the first cousin, you think you'd have like, you know, a right to boast a little bit like, dude, my cousin's Jesus, you know, but rather... Rather, he said that I am not worthy. In verse 27 of uh, John chapter 1, he says, I'm unworthy to touch the strap on his sandal. And the, the thing is, that's his first cousin that's saying this. This is John the Baptist. That, and we walk around as American Christians 2,000 years later acting like we're owed the world. You know, the fact that his first cousin said, I am not worthy to touch the, the most filthy part of the body of Christ. Yet we walk around with, with our chest out like, oh, Jesus owes me salvation. Oh, I, I, tithe, I tithed $10 today, so I better get 20 in return this week. You know, I, I, better, do, I better get this, I better get this. I, I better get into heaven because, you know, I've been doing all this stuff for Jesus. And we act like we're owed something when John the Baptist is a perfect example of what it means to follow Christ. And uh, humility is not 
Uh, this is another C.S. Lewis quote. I, I, I like to quote C.S. Lewis. He's pretty, he's a, he was a stud muffin back in the gap. Um, but anyway, he said, uh, humility is not thinking of yourself, or not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And what that means is we don't have to downgrade ourselves. Humility is not, oh man, I'm, I'm garbage. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good, like if you have the ability to sing and then you say that you're a bad singer, that's not what humility looks like. That's, that's like false humility. That's uh, really arrogance in itself because uh, you're trying to get people to pity you and feel sorry for you. So I don't encourage that. If you're good at something, be good at it just for the glory of God, not for the sake of yourself. Um, that's another bunny trap, real trail thing with Jig. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, but what, I, what I'm saying is that John the Baptist, being humble, he was still bold. He was still in the wilderness sharing the gospel. Like he wasn't, after he baptized people, he didn't go hide behind trees and be like, I hope they don't see me and ask questions about like me baptizing people. No, he was right there. He was ready to answer questions, but he just reminded people, I am not the one. Jesus is the one. I am not the one. I am just here to set you up and prepare you for the one that's coming. And, and that's, that's exactly how we should be. John the Baptist was simply just a voice. But let me remind you, Jesus is the word. And that's exactly our role. We are the voice. Jesus is the word. Don't distract yourself by saying, oh, I shared the gospel with such and such today, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good. No, we share the gospel until we can't talk anymore, can't breathe anymore, until, until our life runs out. And then we get to be in harmony with Christ forever. That's our job. It's not about us. It's not about our comfortability or our convenience or tradition. It's about the gospel being spread to the nations and the lost people. We don't have to go to Africa or, or Europe to share the gospel. We have a whole community out here, West Monroe. We have a whole community here, church, that we can share the gospel with. There are plenty of lost people. Trust me. I, I work in an environment where there may be three saved people. The rest are, are lost. And, and they're looking for answers, but, but they, they don't want Jesus because it, it's, it's too hard to follow him. It's, it's too hard to surrender my life for, for him. And so I encourage you guys, uh, apart from being like Jesus, I encourage you to be like John the Baptist. Because obviously we can't be perfectly like Jesus, but John the Baptist is a good representation of what we could look like. Humbling ourselves before a broken world, not acting like we're any better than them. And making ourselves really equal with them and putting ourselves out there. And John the Baptist, you know what happened to him? He got his head cut off for the sake of the gospel. Because that's just, that's just how it is for Christians. And obviously in America, we're not really persecuted right now. Uh, I mean, obviously people hate us because uh, we are Christians and we do like believe to the world, we believe foolish stuff, right? But we're not persecuted like they are overseas. We're not persecuted like they were in biblical times. And we should use that to our advantage. We shouldn't be, we, I mean, I, I'm not encouraging you to leave out of here today and just go, like, try to get your head cut off, you know. Because uh, if that happens in America, you're probably doing something wrong. Um, but, but if you happen to go overseas and that happens, well then, I mean, more power to you, I guess, you know. Um, anyway, move, moving on to verses 9 through 13. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, real quick, Jesus, he was a Jew, obviously born from the line of David. And he came into this world to redeem broken Israel. Uh, Israel was rebellious in this time, and his mission was to save Israel. But not only Israel, good news for us, he came to also save Gentiles. Um, we're all Gentiles in here, if you didn't know. And uh, I'm sure, I mean, I, unless y'all, some of y'all are from Jewish descent, most of us are just from Gentile descent. Uh, and... And that's good news for us because Jesus came not only to save his, his own people, the Jews, but in fact the Jews rejected him. And he saved broken sinners who were in need of a remedy, in need of our Savior. And that answer was Jesus. And so he came to this world, the Jews rejected him, they called him a glutton, they called him a friend of sinners, they called him a blasphemer, a false teacher, uh, they, they called him a lot of names, they pushed him away, they said, this is not our guy. Yet he fulfilled all the prophets that were set before him in the Old Testament, but they still denied it because they wanted to stick to convenience, they wanted to stick to comfort, they wanted to stick to tradition. 
And although we may not be Jews in this room, we may not follow this certain law, I think a lot of us are held captive to convenience and comfort and tradition. A lot of us don't want to, oh, I'm not saying for uh, maybe the older generation here, I'm not saying to embrace new modern tradition because uh, honestly myself, I like, when it comes to church belief and doctrine, I like older tradition. Now, I think we should adjust in the sense of the culture of how we share the gospel and how we reach people because, uh, you know, generations change over time and history changes. But what I am saying is that a lot of times we... Uh, we kind of feel sorry for ourselves or, or we distract our minds by saying, well, like, ah, oh, that would put me in an uncomfortable position or like, now I'm going out of my way to do that or like, ah, that's, that's not how mom and dad did it and, and things like that. And we, we tell ourselves that as an excuse not to go and be bold for the sake of the gospel. And I'm, I'm trying to encourage you guys to get out of that no matter what stage of life you're in, uh, whether you're in the fourth quarter of your life or you're just beginning. I want to encourage you that you, while you have breath in your lungs, you have been given a purpose, and that purpose is once again to glorify God. And really the best way for us to glorify God is to go share the gospel and share his message because our, our duty is for people to come to Christ through what we say, and we're vessels for the kingdom, and then one day we'll live in harmony and eternity with Jesus. And so we're about to get to a point where uh, in this sermon where I'm going to say a few things that may not be uh, in agreement, uh, may, not, may not sound great to some of you in this room. Uh, I want to preface this by saying that I'm not here to push anything that I believe theologically. We are all, as believers and Christians in this room, there may be a few non-believers in here, and I encourage you to repent of your sins and come to Christ. But for those of you who are believers, I grew up in this church, and I know that this church teaches the gospel. I know that we disagree on a few things theologically as I've grown up and I've changed a few of my beliefs. None of what I believe theologically uh, separates us as a church family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. But what I am about to say may stretch that line of uh, offending, and I do not mean to offend you in any way that separates you, uh, separates us. I want to still give you a hug at the end. I still want to live in harmony with you guys, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over this for the sake of uh, what the Bible teaches and what I believe. So, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What I'm saying here is that you get no credit in your salvation. And that's an easy thing for us to agree on surface level. Oh, of course, Jesus saved me. But let me repeat that. You get no credit in your salvation. I want you to let that sink in because you get no credit in your salvation. You come to Christ through his grace alone. There is nothing that you do that brings you to Christ. All your good works are filthy rags. As Jonathan Edwards said, and one of my friends here quotes this all the time, uh, Jonathan Edwards says that we are nothing but pond scum. We are, we are like the lowest of low. We can't contribute anything. The only thing that we contribute to our salvation is our sin. And that is good news for us. I'm saying it aggressively. I'm saying it mean. I'm kind of yelling at you guys. I'm not meaning that. Y'all know me. I'm not a mean person. Or I don't want to be. But, but I'm yelling that at you to get the point across that it's not up to you to secure your salvation. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he purchased you. He bought you. And he will never lose you. No, let me say it again. He will never lose you. When the Bible says that nothing can pluck you from his hand, it means nothing, and you are a part of that. And so why I'm encouraging you about this is not to make you question your salvation, but rather so you can find comfort in it. Because Jesus doesn't lose. And it's not a matter of can we lose our salvation. It's a matter of can Christ lose us. And the answer is no. Jesus is king and he doesn't lose. He reigns forever, king over kings. So for all of you in here listening, I want you to know that Jesus has secured you for the believers in Christ. And it is not up to you to continue to do good works to secure your salvation. We do good works to basically live in sanctification. Our good works contribute nothing to salvation. It was not of the will of man. It was not of the will of flesh, but it was the will of God that saved you. It wasn't your free will that brought you to Christ. Humans have wills. Our wills are not as free as God's. Your free will does not bring you to Jesus. Your free will can only choose bad things because we're naturally sinners. 
We are naturally in rebellion to God, and the only way that sinners can come to righteousness is for righteousness to come down in the flesh and dwell among us and save us. When you are blind, you cannot be, you can't open your own eyes. Christ has to do it. When, salvation does not look like this. Okay, some people use this example of like, Jesus is on the boat of heaven, and we're all drowning in an ocean called the world. And Jesus is just going to throw us a little life rope and just pull us in. Just, oh, we're drowning. Just grab it. Jesus is not begging us to grab it. We're dead at the bottom of the ocean. Jesus comes down and he revives us and he puts us on that boat and he says, you're mine. That's how salvation looks. And I want to encourage you with that because I want you guys to know, instead of living, believing that you're saved by grace, but then you can lose that, I want you to believe that you're saved by grace. And because of that, you live in pursuit of Jesus. And so that takes out of the equation you questioning God all the time or questioning yourself, but it brings in the comfort of, of you seeing Jesus and knowing that is my king, that is my lover, I am his bride, I'm the church, he, he, he is mine and I am his. That's how it should look. That's how it always has been in the Bible. And I want you guys to understand that when God the Father looks down at us, he no longer sees, as believers, he no longer sees sinners in rebellion, but he sees Christ's blood shed for us. It's like the Passover, basically. Well, the Passover, the angel of death came through, uh, and the Israelites painted, or painted, they, they like, yeah, they painted the blood of the lamb over uh, their, their doorposts, and the angel of death passed through there. It didn't, it didn't come back later after they took it down and kill him. It came through, and those who painted the blood were saved. They were, they were okay. They were safe because they obeyed God. And in order to obey God today, for those of you who are non-believers, the way to walk in obedience is to hear this and repent. For those of you who are believers, it's for you to hear this and continue to worship God in your life and continue to know that He loves you, He has bought you with a price, and He will not sell you back to Satan for anything. That's, that's how it is. That's the biblical truth. Now, of course, it looks like people go astray all the time. It looks like people fall away all the time, and that is the truth. People do, and it's sad. But the biblical truth is those people were never saved because 1 John 2.19 says that if they go out from us, they were never with us. And so our, my encouragement for you guys in here as believers, continue to persevere. Any Christian, any Baptist, I'm going to dog on Baptist for a minute. My apologies to my Baptist friends. But I'm at the dog on Baptist for a little bit. Here's the excuse that Baptists use all the time that makes me mad. And I know it makes you guys mad because I, was, I, I went to this church I grew up. I know, I know how we believe. And this is what we get mad at Baptists about. Some Baptists will be like, I was saved when I was 12 years old. So I'm good to go. I can do whatever I want to. I can just keep on sinning and keep on sinning and keep on sinning. Well, my friend, my Baptist friends, my people who believe like that and think that you can continue to do whatever you want to, you haven't read scripture or it hasn't clicked because that is not how salvation works. It is not Jesus saves you so you continue sinning. In fact, Paul in Romans says, do we go on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. Our job as Christians is to persevere. Do we take comfort in the fact that Jesus bought us and we are saved forever? Yes. But if we think for one moment that we can just pound, like just step all over the cross, spit in Jesus' face, slap him on the, on the cross, and we think that we can get away with it, we don't understand salvation. So, all that to say, I wasn't here to push a theological agenda. I just want you guys to be comfortable in your walks with the Lord. I don't want you guys spitting in Jesus' face thinking that you can go out of these doors and just go kill somebody and get away with it for the sake of Jesus. I don't want you guys to think that. Sin is sin. And God hates sin. However, I don't want you guys live, living in anxiety of like, am I doing good enough? Am I doing good enough? Am I doing good enough to be with Jesus? Am I, am I going to go to heaven because like I, I, I lied yesterday? Or, or, you know, I said a cuss word when I stubbed my toe. Or like, you know, I'm really having a hard time loving my brother right now. Or my sister right now. I'm really having a hard time doing that. Am I going to go to hell because of it? No, but repent of that. Turn away from that. And come to Jesus, come to his feet, because he, he's not just gonna, he's not just gonna be like, oh, you know, condemning you and stuff and, and, and beating you down. He has died and he's brought peace to your life so that you can live in peace and, and no longer live worrying. So that was my rant on the security of salvation. Uh, regardless of whether we still agree or disagree, I wasn't here to push that. I just want you guys to see that this is the view that I have. Not that we abuse God's grace, but that we soak it in and understand that he is Lord and he loves us. Moving on.
to verses 14 through 18, the last part of this, and I have, well, technically 10 seconds left, but we'll, we'll, go, the, we'll go over a little bit. Um, <laughs> so the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he whom I said, he comes after me, ranks, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So Jesus, he's the word, right? As, as we've discovered thus far. Jesus is a message from God that we can all understand. And that message that we can all understand is relationship. Jesus brings a relationship between us and God the Father. He has reconciled us. Um, basically, to look at it this way, uh, let's see, it's earlier in my notes, one second. <laughs> um, Christ, his, Christ's role as the Word, as, as the Word, Jesus, his role is to speak from God to us and to God for us. And what that means is that Jesus came to this earth to reveal a message to us. And that message is redemption. We see here later on that it is, he brings grace and truth. The grace is redemption. The truth is repent and be set free. The law has been fulfilled by the life of Jesus, and we are no longer bound by the law as believers. However, we are bound by Christ. We are set free just to become slaves again, but this slavery is not a negative slavery. This slavery is taking up our cross daily for the sake of Christ, and our reward is to come. Right now, whatever you may... I'm not, I'm not one of those... I'm actually anti-prosperity gospel. So I'm, I'm not saying that you are going to just live a butterfly and rainbow life here on this earth. In fact, biblically, that points to the opposite. We, we are meant to be persecuted. We are meant to be hated. Uh, be hated for the right reasons, though. Don't be hated because you're a mean Christian. Be hated because you're a Christian that loves Jesus. Uh, as I'm up here and I, I have a mean face the whole time and I'm like yelling at you guys, like, I don't want you guys to like, if there's any hatred in your hearts, I don't want you to hate me because I'm being mean to you because I, I love you guys. And that's why I'm here sharing the gospel a lot. But... Uh, I want to be hated for the sake of loving Jesus. I want to be hated for the sake of looking like Christ. And if I have failed to look like Christ in any way, uh, then, I, then I apologize for that to anyone who's, who, who gets that uh, vibe, I guess. Um, but all I, all I want for you guys, all I want for all of us as the church and for the church that's in America and across the world is for us to look more like Jesus everywhere we go. And that doesn't mean Jesus, I mean, we, we have to understand that Jesus wasn't just always Mr. Nice Guy. Now, he was sinless, though, so you can, you can be passionate without being sinful. Uh, Jesus, when there was sin going on in the church, came in and flipped the tables. It was, it was a righteous rage. Um, he, he is, he's passionate. He's a king. He, he conquers death. Like, it is our job to be passionate. It doesn't mean that we always have to be, like, uh, letting people slide for things that they do. We need to call out sin, but we need to do it in love. We don't need to call out sin for the sake of making ourselves look better. Let's call out sin for the sake of their eternity is on the line, and I love that person so much. If you're sharing the gospel to look good about yourself, then you're not sharing the gospel for the right reasons. Now, biblically, there is comfort in that, because biblically, if the gospel is being spread, it doesn't matter where the person's intentions are, as long as you are hearing the gospel. However, I don't want your intentions here to be in the wrong place. When, when you guys share the gospel, don't make it a thing where you just check, off the, check it off the list. Share the gospel, because people's eternity is at stake. And you love that person, and you want them to be in heaven someday, worshiping God. Um, well, I went four minutes over. My bad. <laughs> but that was... Uh, better than I thought I was going to do. Um, but guys, I, I really just want you guys to see that Jesus is king. He, he has created everything. And he is, he, oh, my bad. <laughs> he, he, holds, uh, he holds us forever as believers. And for those non-believers that may be in this room, I, I can simply just ask you to come to Christ today. 
Uh, there is, his word has been spoken, and the only thing in between your repentance and him is your hard heart. And so I just pray that your heart is softened today, that you may come to him, and you live the rest of your life taking up your cross daily for the sake of others and for the sake of your eternity. And uh, I'm going to pray, and then we will move on. Um, Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, God, I just ask that this morning um, hearts are opened and hearts are uh, willing to, to leave here and to be bold and to share the gospel more. Uh, and I pray that for my fellow believers in here who are truly saved and truly understand the gospel, that take the distraction out of their life of doubting you and doubting their security. But, but let them take comfort in knowing that you have saved us and you sustain us until the end. Because you were a king, you were no beggar. You don't lose. You're a champion. We sing about it. We, we read about it. And how can we deny it? That you are the Lord of all of our lives, whether we want to admit it or not. And our only duty is to bow at your feet and worship you forever. And this is for your glory and your magnification alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing, shine, Jesus, shine. sharing the word and uh, speaking your heart. Appreciate that. We welcome, uh, glad to have had uh, Troy Lynch with us and uh, others uh, that are visiting this morning.
hope you received a blessing today. Father, we, uh, uh, well, we just mentioned that uh, we'll have some uh, joy circles after the service. If uh, you'd like to stay and in, in, uh, visit in the classes or just fellowship with the folks in the church. Let's pray. Closing prayer, please. Father, we, uh, we pray that uh, we've listened to your word this morning. We will take it to heart and feel comforted in all that you've planned for us from the beginning. And that we are yours and that uh, yours are uh, with you to the end. Pray that you will be with us this week and help us to not only be witnesses and to foretell uh, your message, but to share with others and to be uh, your helpers in this world. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.